I want you to hang on to the, the thoughts of that song for just a, a couple of minutes, um, that, that the Lord is, that, that Jesus um, has so many character qualities to him that uh, we, we can kind of list those in the song, um, roaring like a lion, um, those kind of things. Uh, but there are so many more things that he entails. And so I, I want to just encourage you to think on those things and, and hang on to them for just a minute as we get into the message because I want to direct you to some of those thoughts from the Scripture this morning. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1 uh, this week, and you can go ahead and turn there. Um, we're going to be in verses 9 through 20, basically. Um, and I want to catch you up just real quickly on where we've been the last couple of weeks. Um, when we started our series on loving the church, we, we began in Ephesians chapter 3. And uh, in that passage, one of the, the big thoughts was that our desires are those things that, that really motivate us to pursue the things of the Lord. A lot of times we'll talk about concrete values. Uh, those are great. We have a, a, set, a set of values for our church based off on our name um, that we would be about God's glory, relationships, opportunities to serve and minister to people that we're going to minister to uh, with vibrance, meaning as times change, we're going to be ready to, to shift and shape. Hey, David Holcomb, good to see you, man. Um, and we're going to also be about reaching everyone, that we're not going to be respecters of people based on ethnicity or um, financial resources, any of those kind of things. We're, we're going to be, <coughs> excuse me, looking at how we can minister to folks uh, of, of every kind of uh, place and walk in life. Um, so this, this, that was the, the first week. And the, the big, again, the big takeaway is we need to make sure that our desires are those things that take on and pursue those values. Because if, if our desires aren't causing us to, to do that, our desires will lead us astray in other things that, uh, that, that we pursue. And those things will always fall short. So the, the next week, last week, we looked at um, this idea of knowing and loving the Lord, not comprehensively because we'll never be able to comprehend all the things of the Lord. That's not the idea of the, the word in Ephesians 3 when it, when it talks about us comprehending the love of, of Christ, but instead it's that we would know him truly. And so as we comprehend, it's, it's actually accessing the truth of who Christ is according to the, the word, the scripture, and us collectively coming together and worshiping him. And so part of this, remember, the, the whole part of this thread that's running through all of these, these messages is this. We cannot do these things on our own. Um, and that's one of the things that I want to make sure that we recognize today because I think there's a tendency for us as Americans especially, and especially in this era that we're in, everything becomes an individual idea or concept or uh, uh, motivation. Instead, Paul, especially under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he continually emphasizes how the church is to be collectively, as a community, involved in making sure that these things happen together. So I want to ask you a question this morning. So listen, listen carefully to this. Uh, how do we experience the love of God rightly together? Okay, so that, especially, if you will, in an age in which so much strife and struggle an effort is being made by the enemy to undermine the church, her health, her strength, and her ministry. So is that too broad of a question this morning? That's what I'm kind of going after. How do we 
experience the love of God directly or rightly together, especially when the enemy is trying to undermine everything that is, is good and right and healthy uh, and strengthen uh, for us as, in ministry together as a church. So I uh, want us to turn to Colossians 1 now. And as we do this, I want to give you a, a quick con- piece of context about Colossians. It's also about actually every one of the, the epistles to the churches um, that Paul has written. And it's, it's simple, but we need to remember this as we begin to read these things. Every one of these letters is addressed to who? The church. It's addressed to the believers who've gathered in those cities. It's the church. And, and again, that goes back to, I think, our tendency in, as, in our culture and context is to individualize the message of these things. And though that's not totally wrong, we, we, we need it to speak to our hearts individually, but we also are accountable to do that collectively as a church. So if we become isolated from one another, these, the, the intent of what the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write is going to be weakened because we need one another in our lives to emphasize, to hold accountability to, to one another accountable to. We need to be encouragers of these things. We need to be linked in community together so that we rightly walk these things out. Because if we're not doing those things in community, we're going to, to end up failing. We're going to end up weak. We're going to end up anemic. And that is not what the Lord has desired or, or designed. So, um, I, I want to remind you that part of this, part of the entire backdrop contextually, is that we would love the fellowship of the saints. And I'm pausing there very, very intentionally because I want us to wrestle with that thought. How are we doing loving the fellowship of the saints? And, and we could like parse out each of those words if we really wanted to this morning. Because as I think through each of those things, there's a lot impacted into every one of those love, fellowship, saints. We're not going to do that this morning, but I want you to let the Holy Spirit speak to you about where you are in relationship to those truths this morning. So let's look at Colossians 1, and and we're going to read verses 9 through 20. It's a, it's a long passage, um, and, and so I'm not going to apologize for that because we can never get enough of the Word of God. And this is what I want to relate back to the, the song that Blake and, and Rebecca sang at the, at the end of the, the worship time, that this, this idea of all these little thoughts that we captured about who Jesus is, I want us to redirect as we read through verse 20 about these things. And, and Rebecca, did you read verses 19 and 20? Is that what it was? So great job. Holy Spirit's working this morning already. Um, but these things will lead into even how she began that worship set this morning. So let's, let's pick up in Colossians 1, verses 9 and following. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us 
from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now listen, I'm going to interject here just real quick, a little editorial. So, so here's this prayer that Paul has prayed once again for the church. That's where we were in Ephesians. Remember, wait a second. Paul keeps praying for these churches. Should we take a note, <laughs> right? If, if Paul keeps praying for the church, folks, part of living in a loving fellowship with the saints means this, that we pray for one another. And not just one another individually, but one another collectively as a church and what the Holy Spirit is doing in our fellowship, okay? So, so based on this prayer, though, Paul then launches into this incredible uh, doctrinal statement, if, if you will, description of who Christ is because what he's describing is this hope that our prayers would accomplish in the church, in the believers in the church, and it's all based on who Christ is. So he can't excuse this focus on Christ away. So I want you to just like, as I went through this this week, I think there's 15 or 16 different descriptors of Christ in the next few verses. And I'm not asking you to mark them down or write them in your Bibles or number them or whatever you do. That would be a great devotion this week. Just to, to like soak in who Christ is. So now, with all that editorial aside, let's go revel in who Jesus is for just a moment. For he is the, invisible, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might have the, the he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, of, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So we'll stop right there. I... Uh, I think that one of the things that we need to really recognize is Paul is writing this letter. And we see hints of it in the letter, and I'm going to refer to it in just a minute. But we also see hints of these same contextual things that he's writing in other letters. Turn over to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9 real quick. Because this will help us understand all the circumstances that, that Paul is, and the churches are facing. And I think these things speak to us as well. Because the truth is, we are in difficult days where circumstances are, are overwhelming. The stresses of life can be very, um, just impacting to us. So listen to 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 9. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self. Does that sound like our day? They will be lovers of money. They will be proud, 
arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. For among them, there are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never, never being able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Jamus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. Whoa. <laughs> what a list. And I know I rattled through those, but, but I did that intentionally because the truth is, it's long. And if we just held that list as a mirror up to our world today, it would be a clear mirror. I think it would be polished in its sense of reflection. I don't think there would be wavering. I don't think there would be any kind of discoloration of it or, or pieces behind it that might feel like they're fractured. I think it would give us a clear picture of where we are today. And, and, and I want to, to focus on that for just a minute because what Paul is addressing is no different than our day, and we need to recognize the wisdom and the hope that, that his message and his prayer and his encouragement for the church gives us today. Now, you might have a quick question that I, I want to answer as fast as I can. Janice and Jambres, those two guys that Moses dealt with, their names only occur here. Most likely, those were the uh, magicians that were in Pharaoh's uh, court as Moses and Pharaoh were wrestling through the plagues. And the, as those wicked magicians, they, like Pharaoh, saw the Lord overcoming everything that they could do. But what did they do? They hardened their hearts and they rebelled. Okay? So there's a lot of Jewish history and external sources that point to those things. You just have to trust me this morning in that. You won't, like, find a lot of other internal things in the scriptures about those guys. Okay, so now let's go back to, to Colossians. Because I think that... One of the things that we lastly need to see is, as Paul's writing this letter to the church in Colossae, he has these similar things in mind that he had when he wrote to Timothy. So here's what we read in Colossians 2.8. He says this, and, and you can kind of catch the entire context, just if you're taking notes, through 3.4, uh, 2.8 through 3.4, describe the context, but I want to read this one verse because I think it's essential. He says, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So, the issue is this. The church at Colossae was facing a lot of difficulties, especially in terms of a philosophical system that was trying to undermine the, the wealth of who they were in Christ and all that Christ had provided them. And so Paul is trying to encourage the church about a specific direction that they need to go. And here's the simple message that, that Paul is giving them. If we look back in the text now, verses uh, 9 and following, he says this, and so from that day we've not ceased to pray for you. So when Paul is praying for the church, he has a specific goal or purpose in mind of what is the answer to that prayer. And what is the answer? It's really, really simple. That we would what? Be filled with the knowledge of God's will. I, I, I don't know how many times doing student ministry, 
students would ask, how do we know the will of God? <laughs> well, we find it very clearly expressed in Scripture that we would know His will. And so what is the will of God here? It's, it's very simple. Let's look at it. He says in verse 9, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Here's what it is. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. God's will is that we would grow in spiritual wisdom and understanding. So I'm going to break those words down very, very simply for us today. Here's what spiritual wisdom means. It is the collection or organization of the information of Scripture. <laughs> Simple. That, that we would be people of the Word, and as we're reading the Word, we're gaining information that is spiritual. It's, it's an organization that, that we would maintain those things, that we would recognize the truth, that we'd be familiar with those things, and, and it would be organized in such a way that we're able to go back and, and access it. I mean, did Jesus model that for us? Absolutely. You remember when he went in the synagogue and he broke open the scroll of Isaiah and he said, they read that and said, today this is being fulfilled. It, it's, he knew the word. I'm going to brag on my wife. Okay, she didn't know this was coming. As Steve was reading James this morning, she set out to memorize James a couple years ago. She's not finished. She's still working on it. But as, as Steve started reading it, she's quoting it. I was like, I'm so excited about that. Because that information is deep in the recesses of her mind, but not just there, it's her heart. Because the Word of God dwells richly, and it doesn't just stay in the mind. If we live it out, it will reach our heart, and my wife is working on that. I'm so thankful. So that's the idea of spiritual wisdom. It's, it's accessible. Every one of us has these. How many of y'all have smartphones? Who doesn't have a smartphone under the age of 14? I'm sorry, Abigail, we'll work on your parents. Is that fair? You don't want one? You're the smartest kid in the room, okay? <laughs> Maybe the smartest adult. Rebecca was telling me about a friend of theirs in college that's, that has a flip phone. And, and he's like, I just want to save time because it's just a phone. I don't get into all this other wasted time on all this stuff. I was like, Man, there's some brilliance to that, right? If you have a smartphone, though, and so we'll pick on everybody but Abigail, and there's one other hand raised. Who, who, who else doesn't have a smartphone? Okay, some, somebody else didn't. Um, Daniel, you don't, you're, violent, you're working towards one? He's not allowed to have one. Smart parents. Okay. Um, how many of you have a Bible app on your smartphone? You don't have to raise your hands if you're embarrassed. You ought to, right? Because it becomes accessible all the time. Now, I'd rather you use this, the hard copy, because you can find things more quickly because our brains work where we have the, we recognize the patterns and locations of things that we study that you can write it down. Okay, underline, make those marks. It's not, uh, it, it's not like sacrilegious to do that, by the way. It's just printed, okay? Yes, it's holy, but that holiness is in the original documents as they were. So, so this itself is not holy, but it contains the right word of God that is authoritative for us. Write in your Bibles, okay? It's good for us. Now, with that said, that's what this spiritual wisdom is. Now, what does the word understanding mean? It refers to this idea of application. That, that when we get the information collected and organized, that we would then just apply it. And that is where life transformation occurs. God's will is that we would study the Word and apply it, that our lives would be transformed. Guys, you want to know what God's will is for you as youth? 
uh, all over the building, is that you would study His Word and apply it and be transformed in your life. It's simple. It's simple. But we try to make it so complex by like looking at all these other little nuances and adding all these other things. It's very, very simple. But I would, before we have our children come, I would ask this question. How are we doing with it? Are we in the Word? Are we submitting ourselves to the teaching of the Holy Spirit as we do that? As we live in the Word? Are we seeking to be transformed by the Word? That's the goal. So Maya, you coming down first? Are you doing the teaching? Yeah. Good okay, morning, come everyone. on. Boys Let's and girls, y'all come on down too. I can't wait. I can't wait the pastor to stop talking so I can tell you to come here. <laughs> come on over, guys. Let's gather. We have nice little spots for you to sit. And don't worry if you don't have a picture. Um, we'll kind of make sure everyone, uh, everyone can see them. There you go. It's my favorite time. It's Bible story time, and I have such precious people coming here. I can't wait. Good morning, everyone. So you do see some pictures around there, pictures of uh, children who are either listening or they're praying or they're reading the Bible, but we're going to keep those for all the way at the end of our lesson today because I actually brought some pictures that are going to be there on the big screen, and those are pictures of friends. Now, I wonder if you see them, whether you would know who those people are. Because it's a little tricky. Because we have some friends that, who are here, but we don't have pictures of them. And the other way around, we have friends who are not here today, not in person, but we have pictures of them. And maybe we do have some pictures of siblings, brothers and sisters. Maybe it's even you there. But when you were much younger, so you may not even remember how you looked. Let's see if you will remember. We go with, okay, wait, wait. If you see the picture, if you know who that is, you point to that person and tell me the name. Let's see. We're ready. Picture number one. Who is this? Leanne, nice little beautiful lady. All right, next. Who is this? Oliver, so charming. All right, get ready for the next one. Ooh, where is she? Where did she go? Oh, no, she's here. She must have walked out right in this very moment. This is a nice little beautiful flower. It looks like a daffodil. So beautiful. Who is this? Bella. Bella. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. She missed this special moment. All right, we'll move on then with the next one. Brace yourself for the next one. <laughs> Daniel. Yes, that's when style and cuteness come together. Okay. <laughs> cuteness alert for the next one. AJ, that's right. Prepare yourself for more cuteness for the next one. Sawyer, that's right. All right. And one more. Ready? These are, who are those? This is Jovi and Jensen. They're not here today. Oh, can we go back so Bella can see herself on, herself on the screen? There you go. Bella, look, we saw you on the picture when you were so much younger, when you looked so much like a daffodil. So beautiful. <laughs> All right, we actually, at the very end of this, we have one more picture. Let's see if you know. Who is this? This is me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. This is when I was probably second or third grade, and I had broken my arm, and I'm trying to hide. It's the first day of school. As you can see, we, I didn't, we didn't have 
colorful photography at that point. So I'm trying to hide. These are the flowers for my teacher, and I'm trying to hide my cast. It was so itchy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Thomas, for showing those pictures. Guys, these are pictures, and pictures help us remember things. They help us remember what it was when we were younger, when we went to places, vacations and stuff, what we did. They help us remember. And Jesus gave us a picture to remember him. Now, it wasn't, of course, picture like one of those pictures. The picture that Jesus gave us to remember uh, him is what's called the Lord's Supper. And this is what the story is about. All right, guys, it's about the night before Jesus was going to die on the cross. Now, Jesus knew he was going to go to heaven to be again with God the Father very soon. And so he planned a special meal for his very special friends called disciples. All right, guys, so I'm going to put some disciples. In the meantime, can you tell me what a disciple is? What do disciples do? Disciples. They are good followers. Thank you. I can see you guys raising your hands, so you just tell me followers. So if you love Jesus and you, if you obey, there you go, even we can believe in Jesus and be his very, very special friends. And here they are sitting around, sitting around the table and having dinner together. Have dinner or so what we call supper. Let me come on the other side so I can put all the picture, all the disciples there. There you go. They're sitting and having um, meal together. We call it the Last Supper because it was the last meal they ate together before Jesus died on the cross. And Jesus wanted to give them something to remember him. So he took some bread and he broke it into pieces just like that. Mm, smells very good. And he gave some for, to every disciple. And they thank God the Father. And he said, eat this to remember me. So the bread reminds us of Jesus' body. Then he took a cup of wine. And then he thanked God the Father for the wine. And he gave each disciple to drink. And he said, remember me when you drink this wine. And the wine reminds us of Jesus' blood from when he died on the cross. All right, guys, you know, we still this, do this after so many years. We still share the bread. And uh, we don't do wine in our church. We do grape juice. And um, do you know what this is called when we all take it uh, at church? Go ahead, go. The Lord's Supper, yes, you might have also heard the word communion. And guys, even though this is grape juice and there is like a little cracker that we take here, like right here, this is not snack. It's actually really important and we cannot take it lightly. You know why? Because it reminds us of two important things. One, Jesus died on the cross because he loved us so much. So much that he didn't mind he didn't care that it was going to be so painful because he loved his friends and then of course he didn't stay dead he came back to life and then he went back in heaven to be with God the Father number two we remember that Jesus promised 
to come back for those oops, who love him and who believe in him. Now, in the meantime, how can we stay close to our Jesus, to our God, when he's not here in this human body? He is up in heaven with God. How can we stay close to him? Jesus taught his disciples, but I figure, why don't I ask you? Some of those pictures help us know what to do so we can stay close to Jesus. Claire has an answer. Go for it. We can remember him exactly right by uh, doing the Lord's Supper. All right, what else? You tell me, Oliver. He raised his hand. Read the Bible. Yeah, I have some cheat sheets over there. There you go. Read the Bible. Sometimes it's hard to read the Bible because it's so such small letters. But, oh my gosh, once you get into it, it's so interesting. All right, what else? What do we have? What are those kids doing? Go ahead, Bella. Oh, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing. What else can we do to stay close to Jesus? So read the Bible. Remember him. We have a kid doing this number. What's this? Listen. That's right. We listen when we come to church. We listen. And is it enough to listen? It's, we don't have a picture about it, but is it enough to listen or we should also do it? We have to do it. Listening is not enough. All right. Well, we also can love God so we can stay close to him, right? Someone said read the Bible. That's exactly what we're going to do now before we move to our song. We are going to read today from 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. This is what it tells us. For whenever you eat this bread, can you show me eat this bread? Like that. Okay, there you go. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, can we do it? There you go. You got it. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Can you show like come like that? All right. So we have bread. We have cup. And we have come. I want you to say these words when it's time for them. It's from for first from first Corinthians 126. <laughs> All right. So whenever you eat this bread and drink this you got it you proclaim that the lord the lord's death until he comes all right guys well you're wonderful listeners i really love this story time and you know what when you after we sing our song you have these little ah it's like the lord's supper almost like this only smaller and it's made of wood so if you want to wait until you're home and you have more colors to do it you can but it's wooden and has a table you have to find the legs and put it like that and then you have a couple not all of the disciples but a couple and then um each of have like a little wooden piece like that so you put it together and you push hard and maybe just leave it for when your parent can help and that way they can stand boop, boop. there you go even the bread and the wine have a little stand so they can stand on that. It's pretty cool. So, but before that, it's time for wine dancing. Let's get up. Let's get up on our feet. And I have my helper here. The other one needs a break. So let's go. <laughs> All right. You sit right here. Either way. You stand. I said sit, but I meant stand. And let's review a little bit how the steps go. You know, and don't worry about the steps. Clapping is just as, just wonderful. But if you want to give it a try, this is how it goes. We do a couple of steps like that. So 
One, two, three, four. And then go back. One, two, three, four. Let's do it together. Five, six, seven, go. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Good job. And then we keep going. We want to say that our God is our good shepherd. And we imagine they have a cowboy hat. I mean, it could be. So they go and do this. And then good shepherd. And then you kick the ground and you keep your hat from not falling down because we can't just have hats falling down. There you go. Good. And then we're going to sing about how our good Jesus, our good shepherd, always takes us back home. Can you hold your waist? And then to the right and then to the left. And then you jump just like that. Because Jesus is our good shepherd. He always takes us back. Let's do this. Back and then home. And then we raise our hand. Raise it, raise it, raise it. So we can say, Jesus, we really want to be your followers. You're such a good, good, good God. And then we follow anywhere he goes. If he turns around, we turn around. And then because it's just so much fun to be cowboys and cowgirls, we do a lasso move. Woohoo! Yay! Like that! Awesome. And of course, we said that to stay close to our God, Jesus, we have to pray. And we'll incorporate a small prayer in our dance when we'll hold our hands like this and we'll pray. And we're ready, Thomas, for our song. <laughs>
So I, I, I get to watch the expressions and stuff of the kids <coughs> that some of y'all miss. Uh, it's, it's fun watching, especially some of the kids that are new to our church, getting that concept of what we're doing. And uh, just say a quick thanks to Amy, Kathy, and Maya, who are uh, leading the children's team. You guys are doing a great job with our kids. Um, so, so where we are, remember, con- contextually in the message this morning, we've just talked about the, the, what it means to, to know the, the will of God, to gain this spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so what Paul does in this text in Colossians 1, he continues to describe what that looks like. He's like, okay, you get this, this idea of collecting the, the uh, wisdom and the, the information, and then it's going to bring about transformation. How does that really occur? So what he does is he gives four participles. I know y'all, some of y'all are like me, probably hate the grammar, but the, the grammar of this helps us understand. Yeah, Gina's a grammar geek. Is anybody else a grammar geek? Steve, are you really? I'm going to start having you edit some of my papers too. Um, so the part of what participles do is they support the verb, okay? So as we're, we're looking at this idea of, of growing and, and fulfilling the will of God, Paul is saying these four participles are key to that. So let's look back at our text. He says in verse 10, so walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That, that's that first one. So what does it mean to walk in a manner of, uh, that is worthy of the Lord? The idea is this, that when we gain knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of God's instructions, they produce a life that is worthy of the Lord, and it pleases Him. Um, I'm going to read this. I, I was debating. Um, I, I would encourage you to, to go back and look at Psalm 1 that talks about uh, how we positionally walk and seat or stand and sit. And, and Debbie, it's like it's a great psalm in it. Um, and, and it deals with that manner of worthiness. So Psalm 1 would certainly fit this. I, many of you have seen me or, or noticed me reading these Puritan prayers out of this book called The Valley of Vision. This is one on spiritual growth. And, and I want you to hear this prayer because I think it co- connects several things about walking in a manner worthy. It connects the desires, those things that I've been talking about in previous weeks. So here's what this, this prayer reads. O thou most high, in the way of thy appointment I am waiting for thee. My desire is to thy name my mind to remembrance of thee. I am a sinner, but not insensible of my state. That means they they recognize it and they're aware of it, okay? My iniquities are great and numberless, but thou art adequate to my relief, for thou art rich in mercy. The blood of thy son can cleanse from all sin. The agency of thy spirit can subdue my most powerful lust. Give me a tender, wakeful conscience that can smite and torment me when I sin. He's saying, don't let me just rest easy. Let me have a spirit that fights sin. He continues, may I be consistent in conversation and conduct. The same alone is in company, in prosperity and adversity. Accepting all thy commandments is right and hating every false way. May I never be satisfied with my present spiritual progress. Men, do you all hear that? Don't be caught in status quo. Let us never be satisfied with our our current spiritual progress. But to faith add virtue, knowledge, temperance, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. 
May I never neglect what is necessary to constitute Christian character and needful to complete it. May I cultivate the expedient, develop the lovely, adorn the gospel, recommend the religion of Jesus, accommodate myself to thy providence. Keep me from seeking or sinning in the evil day. Help me to carry into ordinary life portions of divine truth and use them on suitable occasions so that its doctrines may inform, its warnings, cautions, its rules, guide, its promises, comfort me and those who know me. Isn't that a tremendous prayer about how we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord? I think it captures the, the riches of what the text is saying, that we wouldn't be satisfied with the things of the world, but with a knowledge, a spiritual understanding and knowledge, that we'd walk in a manner of, that is worthy of Christ, and that we would impact those around us because we are devoted to Him and our desires are for Him. So let's look at the second participle. It says this. It is the idea that we would bear fruit. Verse, uh, it says, verse 10, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work. See, when we have a, the right spiritual wisdom and we're applying that with understanding and, and we're walking in a manner worthy, we will bear fruit. John 15, 8 says, by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. That's in the context of Jesus in John 15 talking about the importance of abiding in him and him abiding in us. There is the product that when we're doing that rightly, we will bear fruit. The third participle is this, that we will increase in the knowledge of God. What does that mean? Well, I think it goes back to what we've been talking about already, that we would study the word. Psalm 119.97 says this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Folks, uh, that is hard. That's a high standard. I, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't meditate all the day on the law of the Lord. I wish I did. How different would my life be? How different would my attitude be? How different would my perspective be? But I hope this, and my pursuit is this, that I would get better at it being part of my all day long. And we, we can't do it in perfection. But we ought to be seeking that level of commitment to the Word of God and the meditation on it. Because we are to increase in the knowledge. The fourth participle is this, that we would, as the text says, that we would be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. So this word emphasizes a continuous strength. Now, now, let me explain that for just a minute, that we would be strengthened continuously. It's not like the rocket ship that goes up, and then after the, the fuel is burned out, it like drifts off from the rocket, and it's no more, okay? This is a power that is strengthening us continually, that, that it's always there, that, that we're always being able to access the power that God wants to strengthen us with. It's ongoing. And I think that's important for us to recognize because I think so many times we end up in burnout, we end up in weakness, we end up not really depending on that continuous, consistent strength that God gives us through the, the presence of the Holy Spirit and through the word of truth that the Holy Spirit uses to strengthen us by. So, so here's, he goes on a little further and talks about how that continuous power provides us strength in two ways. The first one is this, in endurance. Now, the word endurance deals with circumstances. When we think about the world we live in, 
there are tons of circumstances that we need to endure rightly with the Lord uh, in, right? I mean, there, there's so many things that, that compound our lives that are just circumstantial. The, the word patience, what do you think it has to do with? People. So, so we endure the circumstances, and then we also have to be patient with people, right? I mean, that's a great encapsulation of how we are to live rightly. So when we walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord, these things will be evident. Pretty straightforward. So let's, uh, let's I want us to, to conclude with a prayer, and then we're going to enter time of, of Q&A, questions and answers for us. So let's, let's bow together in prayer. And I want to read this prayer this morning. Oh, you that hear prayer, teach us to pray. I confess that in religious exercises, the language of my lips and the feelings of my heart have not always agreed, that I have frequently taken carelessly upon my tongue a name never pronounced above without reverence and humility, that I have often desired things which would have injured me, that I have depreciated some of my chief mercies, that I have erred both on the side of my hopes and also of my fears, that I am unfit to choose for myself, for it is not in me to direct my steps. Let, the, let your Spirit help my infirmities, for I know not what to pray for as I ought. Let your Spirit produce in me wise desires by which I may ask right things. Then I shall know you hear me. My, may, I never be pers- may I never be persistent in pursuit for temporal things, but always refer them to your fatherly goodness, for you know what I need before I ask. May I never think I prosper unless my soul prospers, or that I am rich unless rich towards you, or that I am wise unless wise unto salvation. May I seek first your kingdom and its righteousness. May I value things in relationship to eternity. May my spiritual welfare be my chief concern. May I be poor, afflicted, despised, and have your blessing rather than be successful in any enterprise of this earth. Or may I have more than my heart can wish or be admired by my fellow men, if thereby these things make me forget you. May I regard the world as dreams, lies, vanities, vexation of spirit, and desire to depart from it. And may I seek my happiness in your favor, image, presence, and service. Lord, as I pray that prayer, there's so many rich thoughts in it. It's, con- it's confronting. It's convicting. It cha- it's challenging because it, it's that Puritan pastor who ever wrote that, they were wrestling with the same things that I struggle with. And Lord, the, the, the truth of it is, I find my desire for you too often too weak. But Lord, you are rich in mercy. You're rich in grace. You're rich in love. And you desire for me to find you as the only one that satisfies. And Lord, this message series that we're in has revealed those things consistently to us. And what we desire is that we would, as a church body, encourage and shape and challenge and even sometimes confront one another so that we would walk in a manner worthy of you, that we would live as people 
who, are, who know your will and are fleshing that out with spiritual wisdom and understanding. So, Lord, today, would we take these things to heart? Would our minds be sharpened by the truth of your word? Would your spirit take these things and bring transformation to us so that Christ is glorified? We bless you in his name. Heavenly Father, amen. We want to enter to a time of some Q&A this morning. Um, so we have a couple questions for you. First of all, how have circumstances, struggles, or challenges impacted you or others in your walk with Christ and His church? That's a, a rich question, isn't it? Leanne. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Greg. Um, Greg, would you go, or Will, as a, would you go to this one too? Thanks, man, and just get ahead of it. Greg, it's getting beat out. You got to be quicker, man. <laughs> Leanne, go ahead, sweetie. Thanks for stepping up to the mic. Move in front of it just a little bit. There you go. So, lots of stuff has happened or had happened in 2021 to our, my family and me personally. And just having my stepmom there to help me through those things has, like, brought me closer to Christ because she's, like, helped me, like, turn to God more than turning to other, turning to other things. So. Great. Leanne, thanks for being so bold to share, um, and that's a huge testimony, okay? Um, and, and I've had the privilege of walking through some of those things with the Spanhowers, and it's been an encouraging season to, to watch how the Lord has been very faithful to them, um, because they're being faithful to Him as well. How else has, it, has, has the circumstances, struggles, or challenges impacted you or others in your walk with Christ and His church? While he's making his way up, I want to encourage um, great application for Leanne and all of the other kids. But really, it's a, it's a positive affirmation. Um, Deuteronomy 6 talks about that, about our role and responsibility uh, as parents. And, and I would extend that to the body of Christ in that these are all of our kids spiritually. And our responsibility that, that living out the gospel... In, in the way that they did in the Old Testament, that every opportunity you had is an opportunity to point people to Jesus Christ. And so it, it's encouraging to hear that, that Leanne is being shaped by how Shay and Don are living out their walk with Christ. And, and, and it is rubbing off and affecting Leanne in how she's processing life as it comes at her. So thank you for that. Alva? Yes, sir. Did I remember? Okay, good. Thanks, Alva. Well, my wife and I uh, have been displaced. You know, it's been a long walk the last couple months. We're uh, appreciative to Danny to invite us to his church. Uh, the last couple months just been God's, God's feet in his hands. 
but I'm thankful to say he's blessed us with a wonderful church, a wonderful community. We've been, we've been, been around. He's given us employment. There's been times where we didn't know where we were going to sleep at night. But we always had a roof over our heads. We always had food in our mouth. Thank, thanks to God. Wow. And the tough times may seem bad, but when you look back, they're some of the best. Because he granted good food, a warm bed, roof over our heads, when he didn't for so many others because they didn't walk with him. So thank you, Landis, for inviting us to Sit Point to Church. Thank you all for making us feel so welcome and warm here. And thank you. Thank you, Alvin, for sharing that. Yeah, just, yeah. Y'all, that's, that's God's goodness. Um, yeah, so, so Alva, just thank you for that short testimony of God's faithfulness to, to you and your wife. Um, that, that's encouraging. Gina, do you want to share? <laughs> that's amazing. I'll tell a funny story. It's really not funny. So, last night, we were at a birthday party at the Walden's house. I can, I can tell the story. Isn't that okay, Danny? You think? At the Walden's house, and um, there was a, there were a series of unfortunate events with the whole evening. It was a great party. A beautiful girl turned fourteen. I won't say which one, um, but toward the end of the evening, there was a four wheeler accident, and Brian Walden flipped over. It was really, really, really scary. The end of the story is he's home, but he went had to go to the hospital, emergency room. The reason I tell this is it was a very frightening circumstance, but we were there with three or four families to hear from our church, and then a couple of unbelieving families. And I don't know what their take the unbelieving families, I don't know what their takeaway was from it. You know, I haven't talked to them, but I just have sat back and been amazed at seeing the body of Christ work together in a really, in an emergency. Shay is invited to every party we ever have from now on. And I think every church function, if she's not here, we should just not have it because she is really one of the most amazing human beings I've ever seen, especially in action, dealing with someone who's very, very, very hurt, blood everywhere. I'm running the other direction. She's running to him. Um, But just the prayers over Multiple people. This just wasn't just me being super spiritual. Multiple people praying over out loud, praying over people, praying over Brian, praying over the kids. The kids got just swept up and taken to different houses. Yeah. Their house got cleaned. It was just the body of Christ yeah. at work. And it was beautiful. And it was a hard circumstance, but to see the Lord work. And that way, I mean, that's one good thing I see already coming out of that, just to see... I, I know who to depend on. I know what people to call. Yeah. You know, yeah. when something happens. And I think that's a great way to, to like, end that, that, Gina, and thank you for sharing. Um, a couple weeks ago, we were having a small group, and there was a teenager that started choking. Um, Jesse Jones went to the rescue. Um, so it's like she, her teaching stuff kicked in, and Heimlich went into action. And uh, Was it more mom? It was, you know, it didn't matter. Um, it was just great. And, and, you know, we're not trying to be silly about accidents and those things, but the truth is we need one another. And, and Gene, what you said is it's the, 
the Lord bringing people together for us to handle how to, how to minister to one another. And that's not just in emergency situations. I, I, it's, it's Jeff Randolph, thank you for busting it yesterday on the door. Not busting the door, but busting it on the door down the garage that's been in terrible shape. And I walked down there to get the hoodie that I left this morning, and I turned the key, and I opened the door, and I was like, praise the Lord, it's fixed. You know, because that thing has been like that way for probably 10 years. And, and it's little things that, that we need as a body to be the body. <laughs> because I cannot fix a door. You don't want me fixing the door. It would have been busted. Okay? So, so it's, it's seriously, it's us being the body together. And, and that's this thread that we're talking about, loving the church. It, it is no small thing. Because circumstances and struggles and challenges, they will impact us. And the way to survive is for us to be the church together. Steve, you're wanting to wax eloquent for a second. Go, man. Wow. Thanks, Matt. So, Alva, right? Is that pronounce that name right? A-L-V-A? Awesome. Um, what an encouragement and, and kind of piggybacking off. Bye, David Holcomb. Bye. Not that we want anybody to notice that you're leaving or anything. Bye. <laughs> Just sneak so, away so, quietly. Real, real quickly, David Holcomb is a friend of ours from college. We've, we, his daughters hang out with us. He's a great friend. I was excited to see you today, David. We'll catch up in a couple weeks. Thanks. Wasn't awkward at all. Anyway, but um, what an encouragement because what Matt just said really is found in, in, in the book of James when it says, count it all joy, Alva. When you meet trials of various kinds, for the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Mm -hmm. Steadfastness, let it have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And what I think, what, what, what I got from, from your encouraging word is that you recognize that, that this season has been difficult, that life has been tough. And is it what you would have ultimately wanted? No, but it has produced some character qualities and some steadfastness that God is going to use in your life in ministering to others. And the irony of all of that is, is that is exactly what God has been doing in Danny and Julie's life to be in that position to minister because of where Danny and Julie have been. And so I, I listened to Don and Shay's story and how Leanne is being impacted by ministry that God has been doing in the trials and the, and the struggles that Don and Shay have been going through that is tempering them, that is building that steadfastness that is used to minister in only a way that Leanne could be ministered to. So what an encouraging word for you and for the rest of the church to know that, that in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the struggles, that, that what God's word is doing in our life in shaping and molding us is directly a result that is in turn used to minister and shape others. That's the body of Christ. That's how that works. And this is not a surprise. So that's why he says, don't be surprised when you face trials. It's because those are shaping you to be better ministers of the gospel of truth to the body and to the world. So thank God that he's doing that, and I'm so excited that you are saying we're ready to jump in and do what it is that God is calling us to go do. 
That's the obedience. Great. So thank you. Yeah. Let's go to the next question. Thomas, you, there we go. Of the four participles, which is the most helpful and why? So we're, we're looking at the, these ideas of walking in a manner worthy, uh, that we would be focused on the idea of bearing fruit, that we'd increase in knowledge, and that we'd be strengthened. Okay? Which of those, and we're going to try to do this one really quickly if we, if we can. Which of those is uh, most helpful and why? Uh, the, the participles are walking in a manner worthy, increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened, and bearing fruit. I got them out of order a little bit, but forgive me. Oh, they're now they're coming back in. I mean, what to be more knowledgeable about God is to stay in our Bible, to read books, to talk to other men of, of, of faith. Like our, our men's group, it, it helps me because when I'm ministering to my friends that, that are struggling with, with belief or people at work, I don't have to Bible thump them, but I can talk to them like, mm. like a normal human being, and, but I could throw knowledge and scripture in there. That makes them think. So, so Danny, that remind. Thank you for sharing. Um, that makes me uh, remember the scripture in, in Proverbs that talks about letting our, um, our our speech be seasoned with salt. I think it's also in Galatians um, that that it, it, that we're seasoning that we don't have to like just waylay the Bible open on people and go here's what scripture says, but it's seasoned. It's tasteful to them. It's preserving to them. It makes them desire more. Right. Um, how many of you can eat just one chip? I wish I could, right? But, but the idea is that you, you get that craving, that salt tastes good, and you want a little bit more and a little bit more, right? That's the way we ought to be in our life. So, so Danny, I think that's a great word, yeah, great and, application. And, and adding to that, so it says increasing in the knowledge of God. How many of you have found that the more you know, the less you know? <laughs> and so then here's the irony. The more you know, the less you know, right? But what does that do? It gives you a hunger and a desire to know more because you don't know as much as you think you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know that's kind of circular, but, but that's really what, what, what Danny is saying is that the more God has given Danny and, and Julie the opportunity to minister to people, the more he realizes he needs to know about God and God's will in order to better minister. Yeah. So that seasoning just goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and I would go back to last week's message that where I talked about the, the idea of comprehension is not knowing everything about God because we can't fully know Him, even though we're called to fully know Him. The full knowing is that we would know Him truly. And as we speak to one another about the Lord, that's what's happening, is as we increase in knowledge, we're knowing Him more truly as we all or encouraging that ongoing circular stuff that you're talking about. Yeah. So Steve's whispering to me, it's the whole idea of our sanctification. Yeah. Because we're growing in sanctification with one another. We're being transformed together as a body. That, that's why this is about loving the church. It's not about just Matt doing it individually on his own. It, it, it's about us collectively doing this. And it, and it is dynamic. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's, anybody else real quick, 
one of these participles. Shay, you can just pull the mic down. Just, 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 just take the mic and twist it down. With that, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I agree with Danny in that the knowledge in God is probably the most important just because not only dealing with the world and being able to articulate that with others, but we're inundated with lies every day, mm. all day long. And it is very easy if you're not steadfast in the knowledge of God to start to believe those lies. Yeah, that's great. And to go down a different path than what you should be leading. Yeah, that's good, Shay. Thank you for like bringing that to the light. Um, again, you know, the enemy is is combating us with lies. That's his whole thrust from the beginning of, of time of humanity. He wants to undermine the truth of the gospel. So we need to combat that with the knowledge of the truth. So, so it is. And, and, and Steve says that's what Christ did in temptation. Come back with the scripture. That's where our foundation is rooted. Good. Let's go to the, the next question. We just have two more, okay? What is the greatest challenge we face in application of this passage? What's the greatest challenge we face in application of this passage? As Kathy's coming, I'll tell you mine, is I feel like I don't know enough to get started at times. And so I feel intimidated and overwhelmed. Kathy? I think it's consistency. Okay, that's good too. Um, we can go home and be like, that's great, that's awesome, and then we are great till tomorrow morning and life happens. So to do these things and to walk in this, we've got to be intentional and consistent. Yeah. And then God can produce this in our lives. Very good. Thanks, Kathy. That's great. Michael, you coming up to the mic? Okay. Thanks. I think it's on. There we go. There we go. Okay. So in our grow group, we're working through the book of James right now. And, you know, one of the main thrusts in James is not just hearing a word, but being doers of it, right? And I think it's really easy. The, the, the biggest challenge we have with this passage is to just hear it and not apply, mm -hmm. right? To get busy in the world and leave church and get into other outdoor activities or whatever may be happening and not really put it into practice, right? Because by putting it into practice, by applying these things, we bear fruit. And I think about what Gina talked about telling that story where, you know, there were the unbelieving folks there during that accident and how you guys were bearing fruit and you were witnesses to them just by your actions, by knowing the word, knowing these passages and then putting them into action very and, good. and bearing fruit in that way. Yeah, very good. Even, even what you said, Kathy, um, and you had mentioned Psalm 1. Mm -hmm. but, but look at what Psalm 1 says in verse 2. Kathy, there's this intentionality of consistency. But his delight is in what? The law of the, the Lord. The law of the Lord, and what does he do? Meditates on it day and night. It's not once in a while. It's day and night. How, how long is a whole day? <laughs> 24 hours. The, the, the qualifier in here is it's not one hour. Does, does that make sense? It's, it's not just five minute here because it's good and then I'm good. That, that five minutes is good for me. I, I don't need any more. 
sense that his delight is in the law. There, there is a desire to know God's word, and I find myself, everything is, is filtered through the word day and night. I'm meditating on the word day and night. And I would go back to that idea of desire um, or delighting. That, that is the desire, the affections that we've been talking about setting this, this series up. If our de- delight, what do we delight in? That's what we desire. Why do I want ice cream? I delight in ice cream. It tastes good. So I, I will go get ice cream. Why would I stop myself from getting ice cream? Because I'm overweight and I need to discipline myself so I can delight in other things, being in better shape. I'm not doing a good job. I get it. But I need to be careful, right? Because my desires drive what I do. What I delight in drives what I do. So do I delight in the Word of God so that I will meditate on it day and night? See how all these things are like bridging into one another and it's so essential. And we need each other to, to remind and encourage and exhort and challenge, okay? Any other thoughts about this question? Be quick. All right, let's go to the last one, all right? Any other comments or questions? <laughs> so, Matt, I have a... Rob, Rob's quick, running. Come on up, Rob. Real quick question, Matt. Um, maybe somebody out there is curious about digging into God's Word. Mm. Would What would be a good starting place in Scripture for somebody to find some consistency going? This yeah. would be a great place to start. Yeah, so I think for Romans me... Romans 12, 1 and 2. Yeah, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So I, w- I would say two like simple things. Um, You can read through the Bible as a whole. That's a great plan, but that can be really overwhelming. I would say start start with the Gospel of John, and here's why. It's got rich doctrine about who Christ is, and you get to know Jesus well, because it's a story, the, the, the narrative of Jesus' life in that. He's working through tons of relationships with a variety of people, and it's really good. So you, you begin with uh, Nicodemus, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. I mean, it just goes on and on. And there's, it's, it's a, a great love story about Christ and all those things. But it's, it's rich in all sorts of things. Then I would say this. So, so start with the Gospel of John. And then I would say, find some key verses to memorize. I, I was going through my desk the other day, and I found like 60 verses that we had to memorize in seminary on cards. I was like, I just need to go back through those. Because, yeah, I passed them on the test back in my second year of seminary, but I'm sure I've forgotten some of those verses. And memorizing verses is hiding the word of God in our hearts so that we might not sin against him. So it becomes this practical thing that when we need to meditate on the law day and night, it's, it's there. It, it, it's, it's rich for the Holy Spirit to remind us of. So I think those two disciplines are key, like starting there in John and then start memorizing scripture. Steve, anything else? Okay, Rob? That's kind of what I was going to speak on is to do that is Romans 12, 1 and 2, where uh, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the lies that Shay had talked about, it's so easy to get sucked into that and be conformed Yeah. whenever we're called to be transformed. Yeah, good, Rob. That's great. Thank you. Any other questions or comments? Debbie? Thanks. I just, just yesterday, it came to my mind. It's an old King James version. <laughs> the accuser of the brethren, mm. that term, 
Now, I don't know how the ESV puts it, but it just came to my mind yesterday. I thought, in this world right now, man, are we all just being bombarded constantly with all the lies that Dave was talking about and everything. And I, I just like that phrase, yeah. the accuser of the brethren. It just succinctly puts it in a place for me. Yeah. And, and, and so, Debbie, let, stay there for a second. How do we combat the accuser? What, what would you answer? Prayer? <laughs> Great. Prayer, that, that's what Paul's doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so when our habit should be and mine should be is that when the accuser comes to me and attacks me is maybe I can't immediately say exactly what needs to be said, but I can stop and say, Lord, I know this isn't you. Mm. This isn't light. This isn't truth. This is not you. This is accusation and this is not you. Yeah, that's great. Um, thank you, Debbie. That's, that's just brilliant. Um, let me remind you guys of something real quickly on a practical side of that. Um, our, our prayer time, like as a church, sometimes is not what I would wish it was. And we have a very simple method to help communicate prayer. Go on the website and hit the prayer link, okay? Because what that does is it gets to people for us to manage prayer. My, and I'm, I'm just going to speak honestly, I like Facebook, but I hate Facebook, right? Because I find myself sucked into the vortex of just doing this. And I don't, like, look at Facebook a, a lot just to go, here's daily stuff on people's lives. It's, it's kind of a free time thing for me. And I don't get prayer requests if, I, if I'm, you know, following people through Facebook. That's not how I'm going to get prayer requests and know how to pray for folks. For our church, if that's your method, I'm going to be honest, that's a poor method for us. You, you can't expect us to go, hey, let's share that through the church. But if you go push one button on the website... You're in a form that you can click to go to the elders, to the prayer team, or to the church body. That's healthy for us. And I, I know that's a little bit selfish, but, but if we want to be a church of prayer, we need to do those kind of things, okay? And, and so I would encourage you, utilize that, that great means for us to share prayer requests with the body. Because, Debbie, what you're saying is, you, yes, you're a mature lady in the Lord, but, but at the same time, if I don't know what you're dealing with, how can I pray for you? Or how can you pray for uh, somebody else? Because the more we know the specifics, the more specifically we can pray and encourage one another as well, not just with the prayer, but after the prayer by seeing how the Lord may be calling us to meet one another's needs practically. So I, I think it's a both and. Okay? Any other questions or comments? All right. Rebecca and Blake, y'all are going to do a reprise real quick? I, I thought they were coming up. Come on. <laughs> 